Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Who's to blame for the Minnesota Vikings collapse at the end of the 2023 season? Is it the injuries? Is it the players on the field? Is it Kwesi Dofomensa? Is it Kevin O'Connell? Is it our expectations? There's a lot going on with this team right now. Not a lot of it is good. It's time for a reality check. And we're here to bring that to you here on the first show of 2024 here on the Real Forno Show. Welcome to Real Forno Show. Hosted by Tyler Fornis, the managing editor of USA Today's Vikings Wire. Writer for the College Football Network. Publisher of Substack, Run In Shooter. Host of The Good, The Bad, and The Hungry. On the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. As well as a founding member of Vikings First and Skull. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of The Real Forno Show. I'm your host, Tyler Forno. With me, as always, top right corner, he's producer Dave. How are you, sir? Hey. It's Monday, and uh, we got some college bowl games going on today, so it should be interesting. I do not know how the Rose Bowl is doing. Can you give me an update real quick? It's 13 to 10. Michigan just started the third quarter, and Alabama botched another snap. So it's now second and 23 as we're live here. And look, I I think Michigan's going to end winning this football game. They're trying not to despite outplaying them <laughs> like pretty consistently throughout the course of this game because they keep making mistakes. But we are not here to talk about uh, this playoff game. Oh, another botch snap, and then we just got a sack on Milrow. Just 
man, this center situation for Alabama is not good. But we're here to talk about a not good Minnesota Vikings franchise. And I, I do want to apologize here right off the jump because I have a really bad dry cough. So it it might I might be a little labored tonight. So please just bear with me. Um, look, Dave, I want your synopsis because I jumped on the post game show a little late last night. Uh, if you want to go back and watch, uh, I recommend uh, a lot of interesting and befuddled conversation. What, what were your overall thoughts of the game last night? It was it was quite bad. a doozy. <laughs> it was bad. It was uh, the Vikings. All the deficiencies came out to play, and whether it be on defense or offense, they all showed up. And there's numerous reasons for it. One of the big ones is injuries and depleted forces. That happens. There's coaching decisions. That happens. There's execution. That happens. It just, it was a culmination of everything coming out at once. And when the Packers went up 10 nothing early and the crowd sat there and started to stew, as Minnesota fans tend to do, it, that didn't help, and it just it it is what it is. It's just they lost, and it's not the first time they've lost to Lafleur, and it's not the first time they lost to Lafleur in twenty twenty three. Even believe it or not, most people forget that uh, we had a game January first of twenty twenty three. Vikings at the Packers. We were we went and had a 13 and 4 season, but this was one of the losses. The Minnesota Vikings go in there with Kirk Cousins as their quarterback. The team's playing absolutely fantastic all season. And the Green Bay Packers spank us. Good kind of spanking, the bad kind. Right, the bad guy. Not the good guy, the bad guy. And then you throw in, take that, and throw in yesterday's game. You have different quarterbacks, and last year the Packers, trying to remember who was quarterback on the Packers at that time, if Aaron Rodgers was sitting that one out or if he was still playing. But yesterday you had LaFleur in our house putting Mm -hmm. on a spanking. Different quarterbacks. Obviously, the Vikings started Aaron Hall and went to Nick Mullins. But uh, Love looked good. They had figured out how to attack the defense, the zones, and zones are beatable. Every defense is beatable. You just got to figure out how to do it. Yep. And uh, they figured out how to do it. And And that, the seeds of how to beat the Flores defense was laid. I'd go all the way back to the L.A. Chargers game when they tore us apart. But it's you you either do it with throws to the flats or you do it throws relatively underneath into open holes in the zone. And that's what they did. And they let it happen. It was simple. Yeah. Let's and, start with the defense. Uh. Yeah, and uh, to avert that, 
you need pass rush. You need pressure on the quarterback. And we had none of that yesterday. Or next to none. Yeah, it was bad. Uh, and the lack of pass rush, I kind of get it because you don't have Marcus Davenport. You don't have DJ Wanham. You don't have multiple defensive linemen that are on injured reserve. Like at a, at a certain point, the talent gap that has been so blatant all year that we've been able to kind of figure out just due to being able to scheme around it. It just came home to roost and the Vikings just aren't a talented team on defense on an overall scale. It's below average. <coughs> and you take it's, out it's some of your better players with Murphy, uh, even Wanham. You could call Davenport. And by far he is when he's in there, both games, he played two full games, but yep. Without it. Uh-uh. And Harrison Smith is looking old. It's it just didn't, yeah. you know. They brought Byron Murphy. He was playing corner, and it's just it didn't look right. It didn't feel right. It didn't feel in sync, and both on the offense and the defensive side. And it we got taken advantage of. We really did, and it's so frustrating because. This team felt like it could maybe do something, but eventually you get figured out. And it, this is common. Tony Dungy's Tampa 2 was just on the rage in the early 2000s. Got figured out. Why? Because nothing's perfect. Unless you're playing man coverage and those guys can just man up one-on-one consistently. Not everybody has Darrell Revis, Deion Sanders, or Charles Woodson on their football team. And that matters. That matters a hell of a lot. And if you don't have one of those guys, you really can't play man coverage. You have to play zone. And the Vikings, they really just don't have those dudes. They have capable players. They don't have great players. They have okay to good. And considering what this scheme was, it worked out really well. What the Packers were able to do is take advantage of the fact that the Vikings were communicating well. They were able to run a, some quick counts and get get some plays deep and just be able to take advantage of some of those things. You just, if you have better players, that's not going to happen nearly as often. And the Vikings just don't have the, the talent right now. It will come in time. I really believe that. And Kweisidofo Mensa decided to try to clear out cap space in future years rather than really try to win this year. So guys like Zadaria Smith, Dalvin Tomlinson probably should have stuck around if you're trying to win football games right now, but they chose the latter. And you know what? There's merit to that, but it's also very frustrating when your team is losing games because of the players that you let go. If you have Zadaria Smith and Dalvin Tomlinson, they probably make a really big impact last night and they are able to take the Vikings to a different level on defense because a lot of the, what's predicated on the back end is you blitz, you get home with pressure and you play zone behind it. So nobody's going to torture you. The whole idea is you just get home to the quarterback and it's playing the odds where, okay, we're going to blitz X amount of time and we're just going to get away with it. We're going to make it work. And if you make it work, 
Well, then you get shutouts like against uh, the Raiders. If you don't, you allow 90 points in three weeks. Like, it's not a recipe for success. It's not a recipe for winning football. That's why the Vikings are 0-3 in their last three. And they'll most likely be 0-4 come mm-hmm. this, up this weekend when we play a, a very pissed-off Detroit Lions once again yeah. in their house. Hey, I, I want to give a quick shout-out. Roscoe Pico Train. That's a phenomenal name. I love that. Welcome to the show. Welcome everybody else to the show. We see Delton, Mary, uh, Roy, and many, many others in the chat. We greatly appreciate you joining us here on this New Year's Day during the college football playoff. Listen, this is a very, very frustrating time to be a Minnesota Vikings fan because there's all uh, this big cloud that's hanging over us and a big cloud of uncertainty. And there is fear in the unknown. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. But the unknown can be scary. And that's kind of where we're at, Dave, with these quarterbacks. And look, everybody knows how high I was in Jaron Hall. I still believe in Jaron Hall. He stunk last night. He was bad. And I put, without having dived in the All-22 yet, I put about 65% of the blame on him. The rest of it goes to the coaching staff and the players around him. I really don't care about that strip sack per se from hall, because when you drop back, okay. When we talked about these drop backs, when you drop back and you finish your drop back and you like, and you, it's called a hitch. So you drop like your whole body, like sinks with your knees and then you pop back up. Like he does that. And then he starts cocking to throw. Mm-hmm. And when he does, okay, he hits his drop back. He sees the receiver. He's ready to fire it. Well, he's not really able to do that. Why is he not able to do that? Because Christian Darisaw let Preston Smith bully him like a kindergartner on the playground. Christian Darisaw stunk in the first half yesterday. He was awful. The whole offensive line was awful. 24 pressures allowed according to pro football focus inexcusable. It looked like this team wasn't ready to play a football game. It looked like they, they didn't care that their season was on the line. It looked like they were playing a preseason game and not trying to make the playoffs. And that's where this whole conversation kind of comes to a head. And we're, we're jumping around here a little bit, but it all boils down to one point. There's a lot of blame to go around. And we're we're and we're going to discuss why everybody deserves their portion. Hall deserves blame because he stunk, but they didn't put him in a position to succeed. He did not get the ample help that he needed to be successful. And well, as part of that, Kevin O'Connell not adjusting the offense to the quarterback to the player where he's trying to make each player play his offense. The one that Kirk cousins got good at. Is that it? When cousins went down and we went to Josh Dobbs, you know, well, first we went to Jaron hall, Jaron hall gets hurt and then comes in Dobbs. And then it's the, you know, the spur of the moment we're translating over to radio 
how to do things, and that worked, right? Because he knew he was limited. And then he won that game against Atlanta, and then he won the next game. But then as he's starting to put him into the Kevin O'Connell offense, it didn't work. And then we get, Which is wild, then, Dave, because he ran this offense in college. Like, <laughs> there's got to be something different. I don't oh, know how, how it's communicated, how they expected executed, the speed up and timing. Something is off. And then, of course, we go to Nick Mullins. And Nick Mullins is Brett Favre light. He guns it. He's amusing to watch. Oh, my God, is that fun to watch him throw footballs? But he'll throw some great ones, and then he'll throw the bone-headed ones. And we get four interceptions, six and two games. And that's just Nick Mullins. And then we go back to Jaron Hall. And then Jaron Hall, who looked ready for the Atlanta game, did not look ready for yesterday's game. Why? Yeah. Because I think the game plan changed a bit. I think what Kevin was asking him to do changed from Atlanta to yesterday. And it may have been the more the deeper dropbacks, the five-step, the seven-step, when they needed to do the quick stuff, especially early, to get a rhythm going. And that never was established, and it never happened. So that, that, I like Kevin O'Connell, but I do, I do wonder about that part of his game and coaching philosophy. I want to push back just a little bit, Dave, as I'm adjusting myself. Being uh, having this cough and not being really able to get comfortable isn't fun, but I I, I want to relate this. We're going to relate it to food because that's what we do here on this show. We relate <laughs> things to food. Jaron Hall going from the college version of this offense to the pro version is like learn like you learned how to grill uh, a top sirloin steak on your dad's grill when you were like a kid. And now you're trying to use a, a cast iron skillet to um, pan fry a New York strip. Uh -huh. like it, there's a lot of similarities to it, but you have to evolve your approach and you have to be able to learn some new elements like basting, throwing a sprig of rosemary on top. Like there, there's just differences. And I think the game plans uh, from what they wanted to do against uh, the Falcons versus what they wanted to do against the Packers. I don't, I'm going to guess that they weren't all too dissimilar, but one of the big things about this execution was just piss poor. You have to give Jaron Hall time to make reads. You have to give him time to throw the football. You have to give him opportunities to make plays. He can't make plays. If he's got a guy in his face, the second he turns around from play action and they stopped doing some play action towards the end of Jaron Hall's first half. But you have to be able to give him time. You have to be able to allow him to do some of these things. And then on top of it, Jaron Hall has to go execute. This was just a disaster class from the entire offense in the first half. It was a disaster class from the offensive line, disaster class from Jaron Hall, disaster class in, in the running game. And right now I'm, I'm even calling it a disaster class with play calling because it doesn't feel like O'Connell did enough to set up Jaron Hall for success. I'm willing to change all these opinions once I get, get my hands on that all 22 and really dive in. But that's how it feels right now. 
And that's that was my big takeaway. They didn't set him up for success. And they includes Jaron Hall because Hall did not set himself up enough for success either, considering his surroundings. A great quarterback or one who's going to be on likely on that trajectory is going to be able to figure out how they're going to like make uh chicken salad out of chicken shit. Mm-hmm. You're, you're going to see some of that. We didn't see any of that from Hall. Now was the moment too big for him being a uh, Sunday night football, primetime new year's Eve. Theoretically, everybody's watching at home and at home. Like there's a lot of these mitigating factors. I don't know, man. It's, this whole thing is just very frustrating with the Hall situation because I like the process that they utilize to just get him ready. And Kevin O'Connell even spoke about it during his press conference earlier on Monday. Like, hey, we we liked Jaron Hall's preparation. We believed he was ready for this opportunity. And look, it just didn't work. But I do think Jaron Hall is going to get the start on Sunday. Here's why I think he's going to get the start on Sunday. The way he talked about Hall and how he bounced back and uh, Don Mitchell from Fox nine asked him the question like, Hey, Hall even said like, Hey, I would have pulled me too." you know, just the impressiveness from a rookie to be able to like have that kind of foresight and see it and being willing to say it aloud. Like, those kinds of things. I, I think are the reason why you're going to see Hall get another shot. Now it also needs to be said that Wes Phillips last week when they did, uh, what do you call it? Um, when they did uh, coordinator press conferences, he specifically spoke about the fact that we just don't know how Jaron Hall is going to respond to certain situations because we've never seen him in them. And you know what? It feels like from everything we saw and everything that has been communicated to us from the coaching staff that he's handling this very well in a very mature fashion. We shouldn't really be that surprised because they've talked a lot about his maturity, but, and that's come out even from his combine meetings with the Vikings. And obviously he's 25 years old. He served a Mormon mission. He's married. He has a daughter. We're, we're not talking about a 19 year old kid who has no life experience. We're talking about, a guy who's who's kind of been through it a little bit has real adult experience outside of just playing football. Like that, that's something we need to understand here too. And there really isn't a ton to gain here per se, except the understanding of what is Jaron Hall going to be? Can he be somebody that you want to count on that you want to continue to develop? I have not seen anything that says it's not worth trying to develop this guy. He at the moment didn't look too big for him against Green Bay the first time when he came in for Kirk Cousins. It didn't look too big for him when he started against the Atlanta Falcons, but it did last night. So how are we going to parse that out? What is the disconnect? I think it's a uh, an even lesser percentage than I I was giving that uh, Jaron Hall is going to be the franchise quarterback, but a capable backup I still think is very very much on the table, and. I'm very intrigued to see what happens. I think Hall ends up getting the start, just kind of me reading the tea leaves from the presser. And for those of you that don't know, O'Connell's already made the decision, but he said, I'm not going to tell the media 
because I have not had my face-to-face conversations with the team yet. And that means he hasn't told the quarterbacks. He hasn't told team leadership. He hasn't had a team meeting and says, Hey, we're going to roll with this. Here's why. And you know what? I 100% respect O'Connell for doing that because it's important that the team knows before we do, because that's just how you operate. And listen, I want to see Hall more. I want to see him potentially uh, show that he could become a guy that you can count on. And it's probably just as a backup role. And that's fine. But I want to see more. I've seen plenty from Mullins. I know what I'm going to get. I've seen plenty from Dobbs. I know what I'm going to get. I don't know what Jaron Hall can be. I don't want to see more. The first little bit from Sunday night wasn't very good. But nobody was very good. So I think that contextually needs to be taken into consideration. He has no running game to lean on. Right now, he doesn't have a defense to lean on. So it's kind of all on Jaron Hall's shoulders. I said in the pregame, the offensive line would be key yesterday. And And they they stunk. And they stunk. Especially the interior three. Um, But Darisaw did. Uh, I think O'Neal did okay. It's just... They stunk. So it's it is what it is. There was a question about how many snaps did Hall get? Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Well, I can tell you you got 14 drop uh, dropbacks. Uh, 10 attempts, and he completed 5 mm-hmm. of the passing variety. And he had two scrambles for 11 yards. Mm-hmm. So uh, he was utilizing his legs to try and make up ground, but it just kind of is what it is. And we're going to have a lot of conversations about quarterbacks. We're going to dedicate entire shows to talking about quarterbacks. Um, and the whole Kirk cousins thing. Look, it was cool as hell to see Kirk just let loose, took his shirt off with his son by the Gallahorn and had the chain and was hyping each other up, even got a smile out of Matt LaFleur and Kevin O'Connell. Like, dude is having a blast. But as yeah, far as he's seeing his price tag go up and up and up. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, uh, and we're going to break here for, for a little ad read because we can. We're going to talk about Kevin O'Connell here in a minute. And just want to let everybody know we are sponsored by our friends at Underdog Rescue. Yes. You are in the Twin Cities and you need or want to save a life and adopt a pet. Please make sure you head over to Underdog Rescue and 
look at all the wonderful adoptable animals. My wife and I have been looking and potentially getting another one here to give Odie a little buddy. And we would adopt be clear again in a heartbeat. They take really good care of these dogs and try to give them a better life. If you want to uh, adopt a dog, I highly recommend it. Um, underdogrescuemn.com. And if you don't uh, have the ability to adopt or foster, they're always looking for fosters. Go ahead and you can make a donation to them as well. And we would greatly appreciate it. If you did so in Claire's name, because they saved her life and we're incredibly grateful to them. So underdog rescue MN.com go help our animal friends and bad producer. I forgot to post the logo and the address. It's okay. You're forgiven this one time, one time only. <laughs> hey, we all have our bad days. Just ask Kevin O'Connell yesterday. <laughs> yep. Okay. Let's talk about the Kirk Cousins conundrum because there's a lot of blame to go around. We've talked about how the, the defense deserves blame. The offense deserves blame. Jaron Hall deserves blame. Kevin O'Connell, Brian Flores. Here is why we, you can't look too far ahead. Okay. Kirk Cousins does. He's the one that got injured. If he wasn't injured, we'd be fine. It's all his fault. Just because the Vikings are struggling with backup quarterbacks who shouldn't be playing doesn't mean that the Vikings need to just give Kirk Cousins whatever you want. That, that's not how this works. And it's not like Kirk Cousins, oh, he just broke his arm and he's going to be back in two weeks. He's going to be fully healthy. And we're going to, and there shouldn't be any athleticism questions or arm, arm talent questions. Well, we have those because it's a torn Achilles. When you factor everything in, Kirk Cousins is a massive wild card, Dave. And I, I'm not comfortable giving him a contract until I have those answers. Uh, they did say on the broadcast last night, Cousins is going to start lightly jogging in February and like moving around. That means he's likely going to start like he's throwing a football, but you can throw a football stationary. I'm talking throwing on a chair Ask Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, and he, he's been throwing like standing up, but only using his arm and upper body and keeping his feet stationary, which is great. Like He's doing what he can to, to keep his arm loose and to keep uh, moving forward that way. But when you talk about generating power, and Jalen Milrow just escaped a, a, a defensive line that was all over him, got 10 yards, a really impressive play. But when you talk about generating arm strength, it comes from your base. Yeah, you can have arm arm strength too, but you need to be able to plant your feet. You need to be able to drive and you need to have your plant foot as well. All those things take force. All those things take strength. When you have a torn Achilles, it doesn't work that way. It, it hinders your ability to be able to do some of those things. And if it hinders your ability to do those things, Dave, how are you going to be able to generate that much arm strength? Now, Cousins, he he has a very capable arm. It's not what I would call a strong arm in the sense of his contemporaries. It's like a seven, seven and a half. Nothing wrong with that. You can play with that and you can win. But now you're talking about a guy who's 36 years old coming off of that injury, which really limits how much athleticism you can generate and, explo- and explosiveness. 
how am I supposed to trust that he's going to be just as good as ever? I can't. I, I can't trust he's going to be the same guy. Now, could he be? Absolutely. There is a real chance that he's just fine. But I need proof. I need some sort of tangible evidence that he's going to be okay. I can't do that. Not yet. I don't know if we're going to have that answer by the time his contract voids March 15th. That's the key date. The second that voids and you don't have a contract extension with him, Kirk Cousins is gone. Why? That $28.25 million in dead cap stays. It does not move the second that hits. Okay? Now, if you sign him to an extension before then, $18 million of it gets pushed out. So, $18 million stays in the future years. So if you sign him to a $30 million deal for one year, you keep all that money this year. Guess what? His cap hit goes up about $12 million. Considering what he's already getting, it's very palatable. But you, that's going to be the key date. And Jonas makes a good point. Rip off the band to get your future at QB. Absolutely. I, I think that's what we should do. But I think it's important to have the conversation as to why. You can't just look at it. Oh, my my car is really bad. I should go get this other car that may not be as reliable as I thought, but it's at least different. It's a better. Oh, if it's better, better is good. Now the question is cost. And is it worth what you go through? And when it comes to cars, are you do you have to take out a loan? Is it gonna, you know, put you back further, or can you limp along with what you've got, fix the beater and go from there? Now <laughs> I think I found my new nickname for Kirko. Kirko the beater. As in beater car. Let's see if uh, they bring him on that way. Yeah, sorry, I just had a little coughing fit. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a difficult proposition because it's not just like, hey, Kirk was playing an MVP level; he just needs to be back. If he's fully healthy, yeah, take a developmental guy and let's try and build him up. Like Cam Ward just entered the draft. Like I'm talking, like, hey, let's take him round two, take him round three, and let's develop him. A J.J. McCarthy. Let's figure out a way to do that. But you have to pair them together. You can't just go for I'd love it. (laughs) And and we'll get into that. There's plenty of time between now and then that we're going to be talking all sorts of scenarios, including those. Yes. And the whole trade-up deal will depend especially on how high up we get, how much it'll cost. And we'll go over the, we'll try to figure out what, you know, a first round pick, a second round pick, what is it going to cost to move up? And uh, sorry about yeah, we're gonna cough, have, buddy. Me too. We're actually going to probably have to wrap this up here relatively soon, just because like, I'm fine when I'm not talking, but when I'm talking, it gets, it gets to be a little, what? No, I'm okay. Thank you. Wife came in, make sure I was okay. So that's true. <laughs> uh, 
I got a question. Do we build a okay. roster, then go after the QB? Um, or do we... I may have misread that. Let's see. Here we go. Do we build the roster, then go after the QB in the draft, or do we find a QB and then build the roster around him, basically? Uh, I'm going to give you the simple answer. And the simple answer is I don't know. It depends on what options you're presented with. Now... Let's say hypothetically you're picking 10th overall. Jaden Daniels is on the board. JJ McCarthy's on the board. But you don't believe in either of those guys. You don't believe they're the franchise. You don't take them. Don't take a quarterback just to take him. Take the guy you believe in. Take the guy you think is going to transform this team. And guess what? If you don't think he's the guy, you pass. Take an edge rusher. Take a defensive lineman. Take a corner. Hell, take another wide receiver. Then you build up the rest of the team. I wouldn't commit yourself to anything because you want to make sure that you get good football players in the building. And if that football player is a quarterback, hell yeah, let's go. If it's not, then you got to go elsewhere. Don't force it. It's got to be natural. You have to believe that this is the right guy for your team. And that's how I'd approach it. What are my options? Is this a good option for what we need? And decide from there. I wouldn't marry myself to any one specific thing. I'm not going to go in saying, hey, I want a quarterback. Or, hey, I need a, a edge rusher. No, you let the board tell you what you need to do and you trust your scouting abilities. You got to do that. And I'm, I'm going to keep, keep it that simple. You have to be fluid with your opinion. Yeah. Cause you don't do. know how, how players are going to drop and what's going to happen between drop when the board starts falling and you don't have any idea what's going to happen between now and the draft. We still have the combine to go to and senior bowls and all sorts of the other stuff. Now your top guys won't be at the senior bowl, but you'll be able mm-hmm. to find a whole bunch of others. And things can happen between now and then. Yeah. Somebody could get pop for driving 140 down I-94 or something. And mm-hmm. their draft stock drop. It's there's a lot of research that goes in by the scouting department. They'll be looking heavy into these people, heavy into their mental makeup as well, not just physical and on-field performance. Can they handle the big stage? It's it's not for everybody. No, it's not. It is not for everybody. And I like uh, Jason's follow-up because he feels our personnel is good enough to support a rookie QB minus the interior line. I don't even think the interior line is bad. They had a brutal game, but they've had stretches of really good play. And if you have a guy who's mobile, you can make that work. And even Kirk Cousins was making it work. So I think that's important to note. Um, We're going to one final point here, and then I'm going to have to call it a day because of my throat. Um, Do the Vikings have a Kevin O'Connell problem? And I have been a really big defender of O'Connell. 
I have been a big supporter of him. And I, I, I even admit, I was a guy who didn't want him to get the job when they announced their four finalists. I thought he was the worst of the four. It's proven me wrong. He's done a really good job. But two make-or-break games so far in his tenure. The Vikings are 0-2. They barely showed up against the Giants in the playoff game, and they didn't show up here. And you know what? You could even make it a third one that game last year against the um, <clears throat> against the Packers and Lambeau. They didn't show up. Does he have a, a big game problem? Is he struggling to get these guys ready for big games? That's I think that's question. something. And, it, and it, it's the history of the Vikings. When expectations are high, they fail. It's that simple. They blow it. They Do they succeed sometimes? Yeah, but never when they're the highest. When suddenly there's expe- expectations generated by the fans and the fan base, the, you know, that, hey, we can go a long way. This is a contender, blah, blah, blah. And down they go, flat, fall flat on their face. And yeah. KOC has done that under his tenure as well. Yeah. It's the story it's- of the Vikings. Yeah. Um, last thing. Um, I, I, and with the Kevin O'Connell thing, I'm not going to say it's a concrete yes or a concrete no. Keep it in the back of your mind. Just keep thinking about it and just know that, hey, if this happens again, then all right. Maybe there's a trend. Maybe this is a real problem, but it's something to at least be cognizant of. Last thing, um, Skull Vikings. Kevin Seifert showed screenshots of crossers being open that Hall didn't throw. Listen, I'm not going to say Kevin's right or wrong. Never, ever, ever use screenshots unless they're paired with clips. You know why? Screenshots can be deceiving. It's screenshots can be used in the same way like a politician spins a spins a stat. It's for your own benefit. It's not necessarily to share the the right or correct information. It's to like form your own narrative. And you know what? All three of those screenshots might be right. I don't think they are based on looking at them and remembering what that first drive looked like. Don't use screenshots. Use the film. The film will tell you whether it it was good or bad. A screenshot is to form a narrative. It's not to actually give you the proper data. So just be aware of that. Um, I'm not saying that Seifert was being malicious in any way. Just don't use screenshots. Just don't. They're Nor bad. does it tell you where the quarterback was in his progression. He may mm-hmm. not have even been looking at said receiver that's open. And they were open per the screenshots. But that's you can't judge that because he may have already moved off that receiver because that receiver was not open at the time when he looked at him and then he went to the next one. And then he became open. That's coachable after the fact. But you can't blame him Mm -hmm. on missing that during the game. Because there's it's a timing thing. I got to look here. I got to look here. I got to look here. And I take the ones that are. If I look here and I look here and and the guy that was over here the first time place I looked is now open. He should have been open before. Yeah. If I have time and can come back and see him. Great. If not. I know for a fact that first screenshot that he shared, Hall is just beginning 
his rollout from play action. And it's like, oh, there's a wide open guy. Yeah, but he's rolling out in a play action bootleg. And you're not going to ask a rookie quarterback to throw across the field something that you're told never, ever, 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 ever to do as a quarterback. So, like, that's why film matters. All right. And with that, we want to say thank you, everybody, for joining tonight. We had a lot of people in the chat, some new faces. Thank you very much. Like, comment, subscribe, ring the bell. We're going to have a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of good stuff here moving forward, especially with the season about to end. Going to be a lot of video content coming here from Vikings First and Skull, the Real Forno Show. You also want to make sure you download uh, on your favorite podcast app and subscribe there too. Why? Because there's podcast only stuff. And all of that is going to be a really, really good time. The ring the bell is going to be important because there's going to be a lot of stuff that you can just join in on because we're just going to go live. And you may know about it. You may not. But if you have that bell on, you'll either be able to join live or know, hey, on my way home, I can listen to this. And it'll be a really good time. Um, Lefty, Jaron Hall did bad. But it wasn't all his fault. Put about 65% of it. I recommend you go back and listen. Um, I just want to wish everybody a very happy new year. We will be back on Wednesday for more conversations. And at some point this week, Dave and I are hoping to record a few shows talking about prospects. And that is going to be really, really fun. And we're going to have a presence at the Senior Bowl. And you will not want to miss it. From Dave, I'm Tyler. We'll see you Wednesday night here on The Real Porno Show. Skull Vikings, everybody. Skull Vikings. Like. Subscribe. And ring the bell to get notifications. It helps us grow this community that we all love our Minnesota Vikings. And on behalf of Tyler Fornis and myself, Dave Stefano, thank you so dearly for watching The Real Forno Show. Skull, everyone! Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This has been a Vikings First and Skull production. Part of the Fans First Sports Network.